Well, it can't get any worse for me here at Heartland College Sports. I promise you that much. I'm Pete Mundo, and thanks for being here. Thanks for joining us. I am in the dumpster right now with my picks, but it's the final week of the season, so I'm going to end this sucker on a high note. What do you say? Thanks for being here. Appreciate you checking out the show. Hit that thumbs up on YouTube, that little thumbs up right down there, right below the video. That helps us tremendously, more than you realize. And then, of course, subscribe to the channel as well. That way you never miss an episode. And on the podcast, you know what to do. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. So we're getting set for week 13 in the Big 12 and college football season. And I'm not here to sugarcoat it. My picks have sucked. If you faded me the last two weeks, you have become very wealthy. You paid off a month or two of the mortgage fading my picks. But I will say, because I got off to a hot start, I'm still above 500. My picks on the year are 15, 14, and 1 against the spread. I was 15 and 8 going into week 11. That's how bad it's been. So I'm getting my clock cleaned here. But I feel good about my week 13 picks, better than I did week 12. So let's get right to it. I'll give you my lock, my underdog, and my bad bet of the week. I'll start off with my underdog of the week. All right, we'll start there with the underdog. My underdog of the week is Iowa State plus 10 taking on Kansas State in Manhattan this weekend. And there's a bunch of reasons I like this game for Iowa State. Number one, the weather. If you haven't seen the weather, it is going to be a nasty day in Manhattan, Kansas this weekend. It's going to be raining, maybe a chance of snow. It's going to be in the 30s. I mean, it is going to be classic Farmageddon football, baby. I can't wait for it. This is exactly the kind of football I want in my Iowa State-Kansas State matchup. So the weather favors a low-scoring game. On top of that, Vegas... If you look at the Vegas spread where it opened up, a lot of big money came in early on Iowa State. Kansas State opened up as a 9.5 or 11.5 point favorite. It's moved to about 9.5 or 10. Get it at 10, buy the half a point if you have to. So a lot of money came in on Iowa State. Iowa State's only getting 41% of the bets. K-State is getting 59% of the action, but the line is moving in Iowa State's favor. So a lot of big money has come in on the Cyclones. The wise guy money is coming in on Iowa State thus far. On top of that, you've got a situation here where what has been the biggest issue for Iowa State? Running the football. They had nine rushing yards against Texas last week. They're in the bottom four in the Big 12 in rushing offense. But Kansas State, as much as that defense has improved, and yes, it has gotten better, they are middle of the pack in rushing defense. In fact, they're the sixth worst rushing defense in yards per carry. They've given up 4.8 yards per carry in eight conference games. That's the number I like to look at. I'm not looking at overall stats anymore. I'm not going to bother looking at numbers from when teams are playing FCS programs. We've got eight conference games. I'm looking at that data. And Kansas State has been a little vulnerable on the ground. Now you're going to have this uh, ground and pound, snowy, rainy day in Manhattan and Iowa State's going to have a chance to get it going. And then you have an Iowa State defense that has been tremendous when you look at it. When it comes to uh, passing defense, they're right near the top of the Big 12 in defensive efficiency. And maybe the rush defense hasn't been what we've come to expect of Iowa State in some capacity, but they're only giving up 130 yards per game on the ground. That's still number two in the Big 12 
to the Texas Longhorns, who are just dominant in the trenches on the defensive side. So they can slow down Kansas State's rushing attack. They can keep this game close. And I believe Iowa State does exactly that. And the Cyclones end up getting a cover plus 10 by the half a point if you have to. And uh, let's roll with Iowa State. And the last thing I'll say about this game. In the last 10 years, there's only been one time dating back to 2013, which was a K-State blowout. But since K-State blew out Iowa State in 2013, these games have been decided uh, by... On Kansas State's end, no more by ten, no more than 10 points. 2014, four-point game. 2015, three-point game. 2016, five-point game. 2017, a one-point game. 2018, a four-point game. 2019, 10-point game. And then K-State got blown out in 2020 by Iowa State 45-zip. 2021, Iowa State won by 13. Last year, K-State won 10-9. Traditionally, over the last decade plus, it's been a close game. I think we get another one on Saturday in Farmageddon. Give me Iowa State plus 10. My bad bet of the week. Let's get into that. My bad bet would be BYU plus 16 and a half, meaning I would be on the Oklahoma State side of things here. Last week for BYU felt like their Super Bowl. BYU was all in, almost pulled it off at home against Oklahoma. Now, it helped that Dylan Gabriel went down with an injury. But that felt like for a BYU team that has struggled, especially in the second half of the season, getting blown out the last few weeks outside of last week, that was their like, all right, we're all in on this. I think there's going to be an OU hangover for BYU. I don't think they're a very good team. Meantime, Oklahoma State is in a position where if Texas wins, then Oklahoma State just has to beat BYU to get to a Big 12 championship game. I don't think Oklahoma State's going to screw around. They're back in front of the home crowd after a couple of road games. They've got everything in front of them. They cannot lose this game. And I think they're going to hammer BYU on Saturday. And on top of that, you know, BYU's just a different team on the road. BYU is 1-4 against the spread on the road. Meantime, Oklahoma State in Stillwater, 4-2 and two against the number. Very good year, as always, for Mike Gundy in Stillwater. And then on top of that, there's a lot of things about this game that uh, going to make it a long afternoon for BYU. Number one, BYU can't stop the run. They can't. They're second worst in the Big 12, giving up 206 rushing yards per game. We know what Oklahoma State has with Ollie Gordon. Guy's an absolute stud. Um, he's going to be a beast to handle on Saturday. And I think that we are in for a long afternoon on the ground attack for Oklahoma State against BYU. That's one of the many reasons. On top of that, um, look at this. When I was going through some of the numbers, I, I knew there was a stark difference between these two teams on the lines, but this puts it into some perspective here. All right? So take a look at this. Let me pull up the numbers, make sure I get you exactly the numbers in eight conference games. In eight conference games, Oklahoma State has only given up three sacks. That's tied for the fewest sacks given up in the league with West Virginia. BYU, dead last in the Big 12 in sacks, with only five in eight games. That is pathetic. That is an awful number. So BYU is not going to get close to Allen Bowman. That's going to open things up for that passing attack too, which isn't great by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, it's hung in there. It's done enough, especially the last few weeks outside of the UCF disaster. So 
I would not touch BYU plus 16 and a half. I know it might be enticing. Hey, look at how they played against OU. Look at the three games prior to that when they were getting their doors blown off. I mean, it was just, whoo, boy. And to me, BYU is closer to that team that got crushed by Iowa State, West Virginia, and Texas than it is the team that played OU tight, especially when they're on the road. So the bad bet this week is BYU plus 16 and a half. Don't touch it. Before I get to my lock of the week, welcome in. I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports. I'm doing this early. We got the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, We got games on Friday, so I'm traveling a little bit the next couple of days. So I said, let me get this video rolled out early. Normally, I would do this on a Thursday, but you and I both know none of you are going to be watching this live on Thursday. So I said, we'll drop it on Tuesday, and we'll line all these picks up so that way you can listen to it as you've got kids screaming in the backseat of the car about wanting to watch Bluey or wanting to listen to, you know, Elmo or something. And you're like, no, I've got to catch Pete's picks I got to fade him because he has stunk up the joint the last couple of weeks. So I'm doing this for you, for your big Wednesday travel. How about that? Because I'm that kind of guy. (laughs) Okay, uh, let me give you my lock of the week now, and then I'll pick the other games as well. But the only games that count against my record are the lock, the underdog, and the bad bet. My lock of the week is West Virginia minus eight on the road against Baylor. Let's go, baby. Baylor stinks. Baylor is 0-6-1 at home against the spread. There is no juice in Waco right now. In many ways, I believe the fans are sending a message to Dave Aranda um, and, frankly, to the program by not showing up. It has been an abysmal year for Baylor fans showing up to these games or not showing up to these games. So, And it's hurt, and it showed in many ways. Meantime, West Virginia's trying to get to eight wins. They've been pretty good on the road against the spread, two and three. Uh, But then you really look at the game itself. And here's where this becomes a very tough matchup for West Virginia. Excuse me, for Baylor. West Virginia wants to win this game on the ground. That's how they win. Ground and pound, control the clock, get Garrett Green going with those wheels, Jaheim White, C.J. Donaldson, that's how they win games. Well, they are playing the perfect team for that. Baylor is dead last in the Big 12. Excuse me. They're right near the bottom when it comes to yards allowed per carry. 5.1 yards allowed per carry. That's third worst in the Big 12. So they are struggling in that department, giving up over five yards per carry on the ground. Meantime, West Virginia tops in the Big 12. Five and a half yards a carry, 245 rushing yards per game for the Mountaineers both number one in the conference. They want to win it on the ground, and they're going to ground and pound it until you stop them. And there's nothing this season that suggests Baylor is going to have any chance in hell at stopping them. So that's number one. And then the other big thing that stood out to me, Baylor is last in the Big 12 in sacks sacks allowed, and it's by a mile. Baylor has given up 28 sacks this year in eight conference games. No one else in the league has given up more than 19. Baylor has given up nine more sacks than any other team in the Big 12. Now they take on a West Virginia team that is second in the Big 12 in sacks. They've racked up 18 sacks in eight games. That is second only to the Texas Longhorns. West Virginia could have a field day. 
in this game on Saturday. And I believe they will. And that's why my lock of the week is West Virginia minus eight by the half a point if you have to. I'd feel a little bit better about it at eight than eight and a half. But either way, I, I do like it. And that is my lock of the week. West Virginia minus eight on the road against the Baylor Bears. So my lock is what you just heard, West Virginia minus eight. My underdog, Iowa State plus 10 at K-State. And then my bad bet, meaning I would avoid it, or I would bet the other side, is Oklahoma State, excuse me, BYU plus 16 and a half against Oklahoma State. There you go. Now I'll pick the other games here against the spread, but those are the only three that are going to count against my record. Capiche? So we're going to turn this thing around in week 13. Now, for the other games of the Big 12, we got a couple of Friday games. Let's dive into those right now. TCU and Oklahoma. The Sooners are nine and a half point favorites at home against TCU. I always hate games when you don't know what's going to be happening at quarterback. I, I just don't like them. Because we don't know if Dylan Gabriel is playing. Is he not playing? What's going on there? How's this going to play out? There's a lot there that concerns me and, frankly, should concern any better. So that's why I'm generally staying away from this game. But once again, I promised you I would pick every game, but I'm only counting the three against the spread, or I'm only counting the three against my record. But Oklahoma, TCU, OU minus 9.5, I'm going to pound the Sooners on that one. Even if it's Jackson Arnold, uh, TCU has been underwhelming this year. They're... Yes, playing for bowl eligibility, but they have struggled um, against the spread. One in three on the road in particular. OU, Black Friday, final Big 12, home game in Norman. How crazy is that, by the way? Even if it's Jackson Arnold, I think this team is showing up and showing up in a uh, big way because I just don't know how TCU is going to slow this team down. That's a big part of it as well. So uh, give me... In this game, OU minus the nine and a half. We got Texas and Texas Tech on Black Friday nights in Austin, Texas, baby. How about that? So 55% of the bets are coming in on Texas Tech. The line has moved in Texas Tech's favor. It opened up at Texas minus 14. It's now Texas Tech it opened up at Texas minus 14. Now it's Texas minus 12 and a half. So listen, this is the final game for the Longhorns in the Big 12. If they win, they have punched their ticket to a Big 12 championship game. They're at home. I would love to see Texas Tech get a cover. Heck, listen, just as a Big 12 guy, all hell breaks loose if Texas loses. For you Texas fans, this is not being anti-Texas when I say this. This is just if you want utter chaos in the Big 12, it starts on Friday with Texas losing. That being said, Texas is the much better team. And I think that Texas wants to send this season out on a high note in the Big 12 against the Red Raiders. I think the place is going to be packed. Brett Yormark's going to be in the house. I think Steve Sarkeesian secretly, he's not going to talk a big game about it. I think he secretly wants to send a message to the Big 12. And I think Texas is going to dominate Texas Tech on Friday night. I'd love to be wrong, but I would hammer the Texas minus 12 and a half in this game. The other games on the docket here that I haven't talked about yet. Uh, let's do Houston at UCF. Houston is a 13 and a half point dog against UCF. UCF is playing much better football, but frankly, 
I think UCF is going to come back down to earth a little bit in this game. You know, UCF had the huge win against Oklahoma State a couple of weeks ago. They were at Texas Tech. Now they're playing an old AAC team. I think they come back down to earth a little bit. Um, I mean, yes, it's a very important game for UCF when you talk about bowl eligibility. But still, I'm sitting here and I'm saying to myself, eh, I'm going to take Houston to cover on this thing. Not that not that UCF won't win. They need to win to get the bowl eligibility at 6-6. Six and six, But, uh, you know... Give me Houston plus the 13 and a half. This spread is just too big. UCF has not earned a 13 and a half point favorite in any conference game, even if it's a former AAC team. And then the other game I haven't touched on yet, Kansas at Cincinnati. The Jayhawks are six and a half point favorites on the road this week, coming off that tough loss against uh, Kansas State. You know, Cincinnati's gotten better. You have seen them slowly and steadily improve Uh, Not that last week's blowout against West Virginia wasn't a bad loss. But prior to that, beating Houston, close loss to UCF, they've shown their moments. Do I think that continues this week? No. Give me Kansas. Give me the Jayhawks. Minus the six and a half on the road against Cincinnati. I don't care who's at quarterback for Kansas. I think that they're going to have a field day uh, against Cincinnati. Uh, when it comes to that offense, having a big day. So that's something I'm keeping a very close eye on. But I ultimately like Kansas in this game to cover the six and a half points. But remember, the three games that matter, the three games against the spread that are counting against my record, West Virginia minus eight against Baylor, Iowa State plus ten and a half. That's my underdog uh, of the week at K-State. And then my bad bet, BYU plus 16 and a half. Steve says... I think Texas and Oklahoma State both win and eliminate all the tiebreaker scenario talk. Well, I can tell you this much, Steve. The Big 12 chieftains are hoping for the exact same thing, my man. Exact same thing. Chris asks, Pete, do you have any clue what happens if Texas Tech beats Texas? Haven't seen a definitive explanation. Uh Yes, I, I, I have an idea of what happens, but it's very convoluted depending on what happens with Oklahoma, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State. That's where it gets convoluted. So the Big 12 did put out these tiebreaker scenarios, and we talked about it the other night on the show, but just to reiterate it here real quick, if Texas Tech wins, here's what happens. No team can clinch a bid to the championship until Saturday. Texas can still clinch a bid to the championship if they lose. If two of the three two-loss teams lose, meaning Kansas State, Oklahoma State, two of those three teams have to lose on Friday and or Saturday for Texas to backdoor its way in to a Big 12 championship game. If Texas loses and two or three two-loss teams win amongst K-State, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State, there will be three or four teams tied for both championship berths. And then in that situation, it's anybody's guess. The Big 12 simply put out a statement saying, in that scenario, meaning Texas loses, and two or three of the two lost teams end up winning on Friday and Saturday, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, the Big 12 said in a statement, there are multiple scenarios that exist. In this circumstance, contingent on which teams remain in the tiebreaker pool. Basically, the Big 12 did not want to go down the road of doing what-if scenarios on if Texas loses and then two or three 
of the two lost teams end up winning. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to go near it. And there's an obvious reason for that. There are too many possibilities in terms of how that plays out. Uh, Josh says, I'm going to say Cowboys Longhorns for the Big 12 title. Listen, yeah, they're both double-digit favorites. That's what it probably should be. I would put my money on that as well. But who knows? Like Texas Tech, maybe Joe McGuire pulls a rabbit out of the hat and just has the game of his life on Friday. I know a lot of Big 12 fans are rooting for that kind of chaos. And it's easy to root for. But at the same time, I've watched Texas Tech all season. And I'm like... I don't know how they're going to get the run game going against this Texas team. I have no idea how that is even possible for them. Uh, It's a Texas Tech team that, you know, has done a pretty good job protecting the quarterback, but I could see them having a lot of trouble against this Texas defensive front. So that's why I just can't predict it. I, I can't. I also believe that Texas is going to end up playing Oklahoma State in the Big 12 title. But hey, I love chaos. You love chaos. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch these games play out. Thanks for being here on YouTube, on Facebook Live, on the podcast. I'm Pete Mundo. We are with Heartland College Sports. We're like a few subscribers away from 5,000. I can't believe it. We should have launched this YouTube channel years ago. We didn't because I'm a doofus and I was too busy doing other stuff for the site. And I was like, yeah, YouTube. But now we're killing it on YouTube. You guys have been watching us a lot on YouTube. We're grateful for that. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Heck, you might be our 5,000th subscriber on the show. And um, we're so glad you're here. And on the podcast, I think I wanted to get the 750 iTunes ratings before Thanksgiving. Depending on when you're watching this, it could be Thanksgiving. And we're at 738. So could you leave us that five-star rating? And if you want the Heartland College Sports Koozie, drop me a rating and review on the uh, podcast. Subscribe to it and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We appreciate you guys. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving, by the way. The Big 12 football season has flown by like it always does, and uh, we're going to have a lot more content coming your way this weekend. So thanks for being here. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Thankful for you this Thanksgiving as this site continues to grow, and make sure you join us on the message boards, the free Heartland College Sports Members Forums. Go to the website, click on Members Forums tab, sign up. It's free. We'll talk to you there. Have a great rest of the day. See you later.